Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran. Good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. It's a Faith and Family Friday edition. It's the final Friday before Thanksgiving. And I'm with the one for whom I'm grateful. Give thanks. Carrie, I'm with you. Hi, Tom. How am I going to say that? I'm grateful for you, dear. Isn't that enough? That will do. What more am I supposed to say? So today on Sound Insight, we are going to talk about faith and family and formation. How do you form kids? How do you form your kids? And we're going to talk about athletics and specifically about the Chesterton Academy of Notre Dame Knights. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for the gift of family. And Lord, we ask you, give us grace to uh, know how to raise our kids in faith, to uh, raise our kids to be um, young men and women who are faithful. They're they're faithful, Lord. Um, Lord, we love you. And we want to love you more. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So, Carrie, I cannot believe how much time I've put into the basketball season for the varsity girls team at the Chesterton Academy of Notre Dame before it even started. Were you surprised? Uh, no. No? Really? Because I, I, I don't know. I've been... I, been coaching for a few years now and this one just feels different i feel that when there's something i really enjoy and can imagine a possibility of a future for that thing whether it's doing a family reunion or um preparing for christmas or making uh, flowers for the kids who are participating in the play (laughs) posters locker poppers um i i find myself able to spend a lot of time on something i enjoy and it's probably not the thing I should be always doing. We're more... Do you mean I or do you mean you? Me? Well, the both of us. <laughs> I think we're two peas in a pod. Uh, I put off what probably should be done and what would help like maybe run the house better or attend better to finances or clean whatever. I, we, I are think you saying humans, that we, our default setting is to do the things we enjoy doing rather than the things that we ought to do? Yes. And I think that's partly why it's... Have you ever done those things where they say, okay, write out your schedule for the day, and mm-hmm. then you do this, spend this much time doing this and this much time doing that? And often people will say, I don't have time to pray, or I don't have time to go to church, or I don't have time to... To fill schedule in the blank. my day. <laughs> schedule my... I don't have time to schedule. My and day. then I it think too much time. at the end of the day, when I kind of reflect on how I spent my time, it's embarrassing how much time I did things that were really not that important, and I missed mass and I missed personal prayer. It's embarrassing. Yeah. So I can see while why you enjoy 
uh, watching film and getting ready for the girls' games. Yeah, what's the what's that phrase? What what isn't measured isn't managed. Oh, that's so good. Do you like that? I do. There we go. Um, yeah. So if we don't really plan and measure our improvement, we're not gonna. Uh, we're not really managing it. Well, so. I think it comes back to that idea of having more freedom than than I'm used to. And those because of the us kids moms, are away. Out yeah. Of the well. House. Yeah. Even when they were. Even when you have kids that are like five years and older, when we have little ones or babies, you really don't have any sense of freedom in your time. And so as you regain that, especially moms that are home with little ones and then they get older, it is interesting to see how moms figure out, okay, now what do I do with my time and where am I called and how do I use the gifting I have? But it's not easy. And of course, taken to into account personality types, it is um, it is a constant struggle for me to be fruitful, to be fully fruitful. I am fruitful, but I'm not fully fruitful. <laughs> I, I I was so ready to like just jump all over that statement. I just I restrained myself, Go which ahead. is good. Go ahead. I'll, no, I'll I'm just I'm just teeing you up, man. You just hit it out of the it park. But it's not volleyball, so I can't spike it home okay. and just kind of smash. Baseball. Hit it out of the it's park. Basketball I can dunk on you. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, I what I wanted, what I'm going to do on Sound Insight today in this Faith and Family Edition is to give you, dear sweet brothers and sisters in Christ, those of you that have kiddos and uh, or grandkids, the idea of forming them in faith uh, often involves this sense of well, let's measure it, let's manage it, let's plan for it, let's not just go through the happenstance of um, of our day and just hope that it, it's going to all work out. And I think this also applies to our own personal life, not just me helping my kids be formed, but how do I help myself be formed? Yes, right. Yeah, it, you, know, you use that phrase intentionality, right? So one of the things that I was attempting to do was to synthesize down the key principles that I wanted to hand on, principles and practices to hand on to the players on the team. And the... The goal that I had was to come up with principles that would accomplish three things at the same time. Okay, so this is this is a pretty high bar for any one of these principles. The first is is to help them grow in faith as godly women. The second is to help them grow and flourish as human beings who are women. And the third thing was to help them, guess what? Ta-da. Become all stars on the court. <laughs> to become the best version of their own selves as basketball players, to actually succeed as a team and as a team of players. So coming up with principles that apply to all three of those and to do it in a cutesy form of an acronym, and that acronym had to be the name Knights. Did this take you three months, five years, (laughs) a decade? It took me a month. A month. (laughs) It did. Even the night before, I I was up. I was up the (laughs) night before the first meeting. Uh, uh, our first practice because I was trying to figure out, okay, now which of these principles am I putting into K and into N and into I and into G-H-T-S? But I finally got there, dear, and and I'm really proud of where I ended up. And so, Carrie, you had a chance to see them on the whiteboard, but you probably don't remember them. I brought a whiteboard with me to have a first like team meeting, and it was cool. The, the, the Did you feel ladies- official? 
I did. Now, how many players do you have? Let's go over that again. Well, we have 11 young ladies on the team. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. You have 11? I do. I thought you only had six. I know. Look what happened. (laughs) I was successful (laughs) at recruiting. You do? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So full disclosure, one of them's injured and may not be able to play at all during the season. So that's 10. And then I have uh, two players that are in eighth grade. So that brings us down to eight. And the reason why we got those eighth graders to sign up was that we only had six players and one, two of those players were injured. And okay. then we had late a late arrival of two players who have never played basketball before. So that got us up to... This is like the Bad News Bears. It's <laughs> kind of like this misfit group of... <laughs> you, have you seen our practice? You need... Yes. <laughs> You need all the help you can get. I know. Okay. Yeah, so we we kind of dragging down to the, like, let's pull up these eighth graders. And these are young ladies that are planning on coming to Chesterton anyways. And, and it's like, well, this will be cool. And one of them has a sister in ninth grade. And I'm like, awesome. Let's let's get these young ladies who actually know a bit of how to play. So two eighth graders. Then how'd you get two more two well, more players? Well, I already told you. So I got the eighth graders. No, not the eighth graders. The next players. But, well, the other two are the new players, and so oh. they found out about the team. Oh, one found out about the team, and she got paid to play. Nice. So, okay. Yeah. And Can I get paid? Was... I want to pay. Get paid to. Let me think. What could I do? I'll videotape <laughs> to for cheerlead. You. <clears throat> yeah. So, so we're up to eleven. Do you 11 want members of the team? <laughs> that's why I. That's why I said it like that. Eleven members of the team, and. <gasps> Um, yeah, it, it's going to be a very interesting year, a very interesting year. So we scrimmaged against the boys. I don't think you're going to have any trouble talking about this for however long. It's like those sports <laughs> casters. They have the easiest job. Everyone wants to be on ESPN talking about sports for five hours on Monday because it just seems to never end. Why is that? Why can you talk on and on and on about a sport? Competition. The idea of excellence, the idea of winning, right? I don't know. It's all of that. It's just very fascinating to me. It's a guy thing. No, it's a human thing. Yeah. Well, I think guys appreciate it in a different way. Um, what would the female equivalent be? I guess we would talk about each other. Each other. <laughs> That's Gossip, a sport in envy. and of itself. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I don't know. Mean girls, right? No. I don't know. People are, I mean, the gals I hang out with are not mean. They're nice. Yeah. They're, I don't like the word nice. They're good. Kind. They're no, good. Good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we have a girl, a daughter on a team and great athletes, but I said, I don't sense good and kind. I think they're great athletes. I think they are striving to be even better. I think there's a level of competition where they all want playing time. So they are thinking about themselves and the best way of how they can show up. But what happens is it leaves out room or thought for others. And so there's this very self-centered individual focus, which I think is not healthy, especially for girls. And our daughter really hasn't been on a team. This is not Chesterton, of course. This is a club team. I don't think she's been around girls in that way because all the sports she's done have been with Oaks or uh, faith-based groups. And so it's different to see this emerge. And especially with girls, it can be... I Okay, I don't want to be gloom or... Be afraid. Because <laughs> yes, I don't parent out of fear, which I do all the time. But there is a way in which girls are very vulnerable. And this could be difficult. So I'm thinking, let's 
work on emotions. Let's help her name what's within her that comes out when she's with these girls and why she feels the way she does. And then just understand her emotions and then understand girl dynamics, which can be ruthless in a sense. I didn't never, okay, I was never part of those groups, but I'm just saying I've seen the movies. I've seen it. <laughs> See, you're painting a nice picture here. So well, let's just say that I, that's not our problem on the on, the, on our girls. I've routine. seen the rotten fruit of yeah. girls being on teams where they end up depressed, anxious, cutting, eating, I don't know, taking narcotics, medicines, whatever. The, and, and anxiety and depression, what that, you, everyone knows it's just already way beyond anything we thought would happen 10 years ago. And so to add pressure, that pressure of a sport, um, yeah, could escalate that or help that go in the bad direction. So I just want to help her be more aware of what's going on in, inwardly with herself. Yeah. And, and also talk to the coach. And also talk to the parents. And also and hold also send everybody. your husband there and say, watch the practice and tell me your sons and figure and out how to Evangelize the and, team and start to pray yeah. and start to say, okay, who wants to come to the prayer meeting? No. Anyhow. It, that's a, yeah, that's a huge deal. Well, and, and I think that's where what we what we experienced at the Oaks and what I want to bring to to Chesterton Academy is uh, a sense of y- your daughter playing on a team is going to grow in godliness, grow as a as a woman, and grow as a player. And you can do all three if it's done intentionally. And so when we uh, when we get together, uh, so far every practice I've said to them, okay, what does what does Knights stand for as an acronym? And uh, I want to dig into that with you because these principles are connected to all three of those domains or dimensions of life. So quickly, K is know thyself. N is... I don't think you should tell them all. I oh, think really? you should slowly Slowly it. unveil it. So people will if hold on to them, the very last that's right. second of the In show. In the last two minutes, I'm going to give you the final you should... one, <laughs> S. No, no. In the last two minutes, we'll be on letter N. <laughs> that uh, was such a slam. Sad. <laughs> Uh, now I feel like you're playing volleyball, and I just got, oh, I just got dunked. I got posterized right there. That's a basketball term. Okay, let's see if to be posterized. Honey, let's see if we can get through all letters in the next. I asked a question. What's posterized mean? Um, it sounds like being smashed. No, posterized is that you're got, you you're get on a poster because you're so good, sat, and amazing. Not not just so good, but the dunk is like you you've up elevating over and you're dunking. Is and it, there's someone else in the picture okay. who's just being like ah oh, underneath it all oh. and it's just getting dunked on. So that's called being posterized. So like it. I just got audio posterized. I just okay. made up made up a phrase. All right, so let's start with K. Know thyself. Do you remember when the scriptures where Jesus said, "Know thyself"? He didn't. Okay. I'm like thinking, but wait, what? <laughs> You're like, uh-oh, wait, oh, this no. is a test. Hold on. This is in uh, the Gospel of Mark. Um, no, he doesn't say know thyself. No, it's... but I do know that self-knowledge is incredibly powerful to help one grow. You remember that book, Self-Knowledge and Self-Discipline. Yep. Very it's good. learning. Dear. All right. So what is an insight that would say, self, apply the idea of self-knowledge to... Um, Either that identity in Christ, the sense of being a, a, a woman, flourishing as a woman, or as a player. What's, it, what's the question again? <laughs> so I said that each of these principles, so K is for know thyself. Okay. Um, why would I use that as, as a principle that would apply to any of those or all of those domains? Well, 
I mean, there's many ways in which it would yeah, be just applied. Pick one. I, I, mean, I, I think, can tell um, you, but I, I want you to be sure. I think for me, it would know thy, know thyself as far as in where what areas do I struggle to be generous and kind and encouraging? Why do I feel the inner pull to maybe speak badly about a player or put the team down or any kind of anxiety or worry or um, before a game? That could be powerful. How to get better at a sport? So how do I be self-disciplined and really work towards achieving? So you have a ton of self-knowledge in that whole area. Yeah, there you go. The, those are, you just kind of jumped around in there and, and into more than one of the domains. <laughs> that was good. All right, we're up against a break. We'll come back and I'll answer. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Carnum with my lovely wife, Carrie. Carrie, we're talking about know thyself. So comes from uh, uh, comes from Plato in the Socratic dialogues. Socrates points to the uh, to the engraving. Uh, that was uh, over the the door at the temple of Apollo in Delphi. And the idea is that before you enter this temple, know yourself, meaning you're just a creature. You're a human being. You're mortal. You're about to walk into the building. You're about to walk into a place of the gods, of of Apollo. So act accordingly. And so this idea of know thyself or self-knowledge, think of how important that is on, on an athletic floor. Why? These girls can walk out, these young ladies walk out onto the floor, and somehow their worth, their sense of identity... Oh, this is good. ...might be connected to their performance. For sure. How, you know, how athletically gifted you are, how skilled you are, how the impact you had versus your deepest and truest identity, which comes from your relationship with God in Christ. And so what I shared with these ladies, these young ladies, is know yourself. And I just today, I did it at the practice. I said, who are you? And then she's looking at me like, what? So you're a daughter of God. You're the one, you're one for whom Christ died. That's who you are. Don't forget that. We're here on this court, but that's your identity. That's who you are. And that's how we're going to treat you. And can you imagine our other daughter on a secular team? It sounds so bad. She's on a secular team. <laughs> but she's on a team where that isn't necessarily the truest identity of the team's the team's identity, the club's identity, or the individual. Yeah, the coach isn't, isn't talking like that. <clears throat> and so when you do have a terrible performance or a bad hit or a bad play, it can just heap um, guilt and shame or, oh, I'm so dumb, I'm so bad, why did they even pass it to me? I shouldn't even be out. I mean, all that negative self-talk could just go in a whole different direction without knowing that you are a daughter of Christ. And I always said, it's okay if we lose a soccer game one day I'm going to be in heaven for all eternity, and this is just not going to even matter. I would say that with everything in life, which maybe was not always helpful. But no, it, there's a freedom in that. Like, what is truly our purpose of being on earth about? Oh, you're being... flexing, Carrie. Because, really? Yes. Is that good? Is John that good? 13, 1, you see? So John 13 is the Last Supper discourse in the Gospel of John. Because he doesn't do the, this is my body, which is given for you, etc. He, what does he do? He gets up from the table and he ties a towel around his waist and he washes the disciples' feet, right? The apostles' feet. Okay. But at the beginning of that chapter, it says Jesus, knowing fully well that he had come from God and was going to God, his father, 
he then stood up and moved forward in, in terms of his mission. Because he knew his identity, he could go forward into his mission. And his identity was knowing yourself. And if you know yourself, you know because this is where I've come from and this is where I'm going. So that's what you just said. Well, and I think when you relate it to sports or a very trying situation where you're really pressed or pushed to the brink of your own um, self-control, self-discipline, there is a way in which other emotions show up that I'm just not used to dealing with. Like, where is all this stuff coming from? Let's say uh, you're in a game and a bad call is made and it's against you and you know it's not fair and it's not just and you really don't like these other players because they've been pushing you and bumping you and just being nasty or whatever. It it creates or it brings forth stuff within the depths of one's person who it's like, wow, that stuff is in me and it's not it's not good. But it's good to see it come out and to to surrender it and to work on it and to figure out, oh, Lord, how do I be free of this? Or what is this in me? Because the great thing about sports is that, that it tests in young kids and in, in teenagers is some of the most difficult, trying, immediate emotional reactions. And then how do you deal with that in character? I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. So when I think about this, I think about it as um, the, uh, the idea that um, they're in high school, they're on the court, and they're going to be challenged in many ways. Um, so if I said to you, do you remember your junior year in high school? That was the last year you were in high school. Your soccer team. Who was the coach? Mr. Stamness. Okay, great. Do you remember any game, any particular game where you either, you know, there was some something at stake or something profound happened? Sure. Right? Wait, do you want to hear it? I made a header Absolutely. <laughs> in the playoff game to take us up two to one. You I made lo- a what? Header. Did you really? I had a corner kick. We've been married 29 years. I she know. never told me this. I just, I don't know. You keep these things hidden. I think there's more exciting things in the current, in the, in the present. So. Okay. But what I'm going to say is this. You can, I can tell you about my fourth grade teacher. I can tell you about my ninth grade basketball coach. I can tell you about my 10th, 11th, 12th grade coaches of these teams. And the difference that it can make in your life, the team you're on, it's just huge. It's huge. So I have that in mind. (laughs) What's wrong? Well, I'm just thinking of the team last year. It's like... Yes, exactly. So that actually, such a huge impact that no one wants to come back and play this year. You're right. So there was only one returning player. I went to the other players and I said, come and play. And they all turned me down. And they turned me down and they said, I do not want to go through that again. That's how hard it was. That's how hard, how bad it was, how terrible it was in terms of their lived experience of it. And and yet, we're going to play the same teams. It's so interesting. So we were talking about sports, Tom. And it's such a small part of high school, and yet it's such a huge part of high school. And... Usually you're, you're in school to learn, to grow academically. We don't have these emotions and these conversations about, do you remember in math class? Do you remember in geometry? Do you remember when you're in English class? And I mean, maybe every now and then you had to do a presentation or you got a bad grade on a test. But the intensity of emotion that is experienced on a court or on a field is just so different and so magnified. I don't think parents, I don't think we really grasp all that's happening in the athletics 
and I'm not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it is a thing. So I went to Burlington High School. We were the Red Devils. Oh, that? you were? Yeah, that's we were the Red Devils. It was terrible. a devil's face. Oh, yuck. Yeah, but it was. It's actually it was referring to a Native American tribe. Oh, I didn't know. Okay, yeah. that but makes sense. But the the actual pic- picture was the devil, the face of the devil. And in my senior year, uh, we were after fifteen games. We were twelve and three, and we were playing the number one team in the state, fifteen and zero, Wakefield, and. Uh, I was out there playing against the best player on the team. I was covering him. He was covering me. And I scored over him. Nice. Which was so cool. Wait, like a jump shot? Uh, I got the ball. Uh, I was down low. I got the ball. I turned and did a little, I did a head fake. fake. And I scored. See? Do you see this? I remember remember. this level of detail over this guy who went on to play Division I basketball. Um, And then I, I twisted my ankle. In that game, for no reason, I was just standing there and went pop, That's popped out. So My career, I could have been somebody, dear. The Lord had a better I, career for me. The Lord you was too. like, I got to pop his ankle out. He's, <laughs> you can't let him be successful here. But I, I bring it up not because I popped my ankle out, but because the coach, at the end of the game, our coach, we lost big, we lost big. He had put so much investment into winning that game, that at the end of the game, he broke, he had a breakdown. <gasps> He had a breakdown where see? he see that in emotional... the locker room. He he wept. He just like he went off by himself. He sat on the ground and he started weeping. He just and they kept us away from him. <laughs> okay, you never told me this story either. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is better than any of my high school stories for sports. I I don't know why, but so here was the, he was it, there was such hype and such a buildup and in his mind in his mind he had it. They were going to win. We were going to win. Well, you take that. See, I, sometimes I look at sports and I think of the emotion that I have related to our kids playing. Imagine if your kid is actually like a professional player or a phenomenal athlete at the college level, Division One. Just the amount of pressure and intensity and hopes. Like, you know how they say, you know, you can rise high, but then you can fall far. The higher you rise, the far, farther you fall. That really is a thing. There is a way in which if you start, stop and think, okay, I was really excited about my kid when they were in kindergarten. It was amazing. She scored five goals <laughs> in the soccer game. And, but oh, magnify that, <laughs> magnify that through time, effort, energy into when they're you know, 25 and they're on the national team. It's just, it is a ton of pressure. Yeah. I don't think... I, like I, a musician has that kind of pressure. I don't think an actor has that kind of pressure. I think athletes have an amazing amount of pressure. Fair enough. And I'm not saying it's a bad gig. I'm just saying, I mean, they're incredibly gifted and work hard. Well, but, in the 1% dis- distance, the, the really 1% difference between those that are in the pros starting and those that never make it to the pros is such a tiny Tiny little difference. Go back to your coach. He wept. Just that he was human. Distraught. Just that human emotion of what is in the human heart that is part of eternity that we desire that causes that break. That that I'm just like talking more philosophically. Like what mm-hmm. is happening? Because I think at a certain in a certain place in my own life at different events that are sporting related, I haven't wept, but I've felt incredible. Like, oh, what a 
you know, you play the, yeah, the let down, let down, you play over and over in my mind. I should have done this. I should have done that. How did that happen? Hey, I'll just say one St. Joe's <laughs> and the weeping ref. <sighs> when I, when I coached the lilac team in the lilac cup last year, I totally your fault. Total coach coaching air. is everything dear. <sighs> All right. So, so, so I, what is that? That, that just incredible. You lose, you lose sight of at least one of the three. Remember I said that I'm I'm, a seek, I'm seeking a principle to apply to the girls' lives on the team that have three realms. The first realm is uh, the third realm was become really good basketball players. The second realm. So they was, were just he was just focused on. He that. was just focused on that. Okay. And maybe you could say be good young men, but I don't really think so. He never talked to us about being good young men. So he men. could not was, see all the good that no. was coming or could have come. If he another thing about this, and I don't want to distract what we're saying, a coach can shape a kid's outlook of a game so uh, definingly. Like I've thought of a game in a certain light and then my daughter or my son will come and say, well, my coach said this, this, and this. I'm thinking, wow, that is such a great way of seeing the loss or seeing the defeat or seeing what happened. Where in my own mind, I'm a very limited, like we have to win and the mistakes and whatnot. And the coach that's good, that's excellent, is looking at, these Way more dimensions. important dimensions yeah. than just winning. Yeah, I, I remember. And, and but we're talking about coaches who are full of faith. Yes, and so for they sure. bring in that godly perspective. That's again, that's so crucial. And so there's that the godliness part of it. So I want these young ladies, especially that were a young team and not not a lot of talented players, to be able to say the emphasis in knowing yourself is don't you know know that you're just not that good of a player, right? That's not the point. <laughs> the point is, know that you are a child of God, and you are called to be a woman uh, that will flourish, and, and that faith that is yours is going to be a crucial part of that. And oh, by the way, playing on this team will give you a chance to also know, like you talked about, measuring your own capabilities. What are you good at? What should you learn to get better at? And then how are you going to do that? So that was the first. I said to, I said to these ladies that you are a gift from God. And God has also given you some gifts. And so I will always treat you as a gift from God. That's my goal. But I'll also help you to discover and to develop your gifts. That's so good, Tom. So it, it's not that the more gifted has the better identity. The more gifted is the more exalted. No, it's you're all exalted because God exalts you. Is there room for more players on your team? Is there anyone listening? <laughs> yeah. In the Seattle they area. want in on this. We have rooms in our house. You can come to Chesterton. All right. So, we will house you. So that's the, uh, and I'm also learning how hard it is to live that with the limitations of the time we have and the, and you know, in to actually practice with the girls and prepare them for games. So uh, today on Sunday, this is Tom Kern with Carrie, and we're talking about um, nights. So we are really only going to get to N. I know. This is crazy. Yeah, you're not. It's not fair. You're doing this on purpose. You're stringing me along. No, I think there's just actually a lot to talk about when you say know thyself, and then when you relate relate it to sports, it's really it goes in a lot of different directions. Mm -hmm. So the first, so these letters, the first letter is K, know thyself. The second is N. Now is the time, and I like that. There you go. That's a very biblical one. Now is the time. And how is that biblical? Biblical, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, now is the time, now is the day of salvation, oh. right? Uh, I beg you not to receive the grace of God in vain. It's about discernment because you only discern in the present. It's the present moment that you have. You don't have the future. You don't have the past. You so 
Are you talking like in a game, now is the moment. We're going to execute this. This is the time. Yeah. So if I if I apply it to the basketball realm, it's focus on what you can control. What you can control is only right now. You don't have the ability to control what has happened that's in your past. So leave the past in the past. So for instance... If you made a bad play. If you made a bad play or you had a bad day and you're coming to practice. So those are things that will weigh on you when you come into the practice. Oh, yes. Or had a bad relationship experience with somebody. Right. Or you're worried about tomorrow. Something's happening tomorrow. So you can have this anxiety over tomorrow. You can have this upsetment over to uh, the, the earlier in the day. I need you to be able to be present in the right now moment because this is all we have. We only have right now. And so if we can focus on right now, that, that'll be a great gift. And right now, we need to take a break. Back in a minute with more Sound Insight. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Okay, back to Sound Insight. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. So, Carrie, we're going through the Chester Academy of Notre Dame Knights, the girls' varsity basketball team. This is the acronym that I'm using to help these young ladies grow as daughters of God, as women, and as uh, basketball players. So now is the time. Also means, okay, when you're out on the court, you have to be present to the moment. What should you be doing? What's happening right now? What should I be paying attention to? And as a result of what's showing up, what action should I take? You know what that's called theologically? Discernment. Discernment is paying attention among all the things that are showing up. God, where are you speaking? And what should I do now that I recognize that you're communicating this to me right now? So saying now is the time and helping them form this sensitivity to the the moment-by-moment unfolding of a basketball practice or game, guess what? Hugely valuable in life as a young woman and incredibly fundamental in the life of faith. So... You know, you can just think about that. And what, you, what should you be paying attention to in this relationship you have? What should you be paying attention to in your academic career right now? What should you be paying attention to in your married life or, you know, et cetera, et cetera? Now is the time. Now is the time. And then also, don't miss the moment. Because when the time is gone, it's gone. And now you, you've wasted it. And you've lost it. Don't receive the grace of God in vain. So that's one of the things I've said to the, the girls who are in the practice is, look, don't waste any moment. If there's a moment where you see that I'm focused on some other players or on a play and you're not involved, use the time well. Have a ball. Be working on a left-handed dribble. Be working on this. Work on that. Do a wall sit. Do something that makes that time valuable. Okay, great. Which leads me to my third letter. I. I. Can I guess? Go right ahead. You'll never Uh, get it. Not independent. Not ignite. Improve. Okay. Every day. Okay. Improve every day. And why is that important? 
I mean, is that important as a basketball player, as a woman, or as a woman of faith? It's atomic habits, a little bit. A little bit. One percent. One percent increments. That's right. Yes. So one percent. If you can improve by one percent, then that's good, right? So then, when I say improve every day, I'm talking like just as basketball player. Um, I say one of the things that is a great gift to you in a practice is when you stumble. You're, you're unable to execute. Why? Well, you're learning an area that needs to be improved. So don't look at a failure. Oh, I failed to do this drill correctly. I failed to do this play correctly. I failed to, to play my part correctly in this defense. All I'm learning are, I'm learning all of those places where I need to improve. I think that's a great way of looking at life. And I think when we read Interior Freedom, Father Jacques talks about the stumbles, the difficulties, the trials, that without them, how would we actually grow? Yes, exactly. So that, it, and he obviously is moving all the way over to the realm of faith as a, as a godly man or woman. If we're going to really grow in Christ, um, it means, number one, we are called to grow. We're not done yet. We haven't arrived yet. We are called to advance in the spiritual life. And so what are, we, what are you doing today, dear, to advance? I am here helping you get to the next level of this acronym. Yes, you are here. That is, that is great. What are you doing today? What am I doing today? Um, that that um, was just a request. No, I'll tell you what. I have been convicted by the uh, lessened amount of prayer in my personal prayer time that I have permitted, I'm not a victim, I've permitted prayer to be crowded out and lessened in recent days. It's really fascinating how quickly that can happen. And when I'm in prayer, I will never forget this. I will always remain true to you, Lord. I will take this time. I will say How could her. I ever do anything how else? This I'll, not I will you. never forget this. I will and never then forget this. A day goes by and wait. A week goes by. It's that's really something. Yeah. Yeah, it shows that we need help. Okay, so that's I, improve every day. Uh, K-N-I-G, what's a G? Go, fight, win. Uh, G, uh, get plan. ready. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. A game plan. Game plan. I'm now, writing this down. Too. Okay, now why is, what? you know how much my entire uh, approach to basketball in helping our team win is based on strategy. Yes. And what's it's all strategy? It's all strategy. It's all it's it, well. It's mostly strategy. Hence, right? that's why you were watching all these games, games and all this other stuff, right? So, I started to unfold to these ladies as I was having them do certain things in practice. I said, "This is about game planning. This is about us being strategic." And so, when I watch another team play, what am I looking for? What are they good at? What are they bad at? How do they approach? offense? How do they approach defense? How do they respond to a full court press? How do they pass the ball in? How do they defend an inbound pass? All of these details. And guess what I'm doing? I'm designing our offense against their defense. I'm designing our defense against their offense, but not just their offense, but against their players. Go ahead. No, no. <laughs> I just don't want you to have a breakdown in the locker room. I know, I know. This is terrible. The season. I know. Well, if it happened after the first game, this will be terrible. Uh, so, so 
being strategic, having a game plan, I'm saying we have to identify what their strengths are and how do we minimize them? What are they weak at and how do we take advantage of that? That's the two key things, right? Those are the key things. So the strength would be someone who's a great center. You double yeah. team. Right. So I watch the video and I'm like, oh, that's their number one player. So we're gonna w- we're gonna double team that player. We're gonna basically say we're gonna um, make it very difficult for that player to get the ball. And watching their plays, I see where she gets the ball, when she gets the ball, and what she does when she has the ball. And so that's the first thing. And then the second thing is when she's on defense, I'm gonna run all my plays at her so yep. that she'll. <laughs> Get You're a talking a a strong freshman team. I know. <laughs> two eighth graders, two girls who've never played. Yeah. Should we just keep going down? I know. All this things is terrible, you? Carrie. This is terrible. But I, this it would is... be a fun. You'd be a fun team to bet against or bet with. Like right now, if the is it the rookies who who puts bet odds on a game or on a team? I know we should find somebody to put. Come uh, watch. We want you to put odds. Look at last year. Look at this year. Yeah. And then I'm gonna. Well, I'm going to all our retirement. We're betting gonna... everything. <laughs> betting our whole retirement on the first you... game before anybody changes the line on us. Do you think there is betting in high school? I, had, I don't Like in Vegas? So. I mean, I don't know. So there's betting in college. Yeah. Can you bet on a high school game? I don't know. But why not? If you can bet, in, what's the... Well, who would do it? Someone has to oversee it. Oh. Yeah, well, I'm thinking if there's money to be made. So can you bet in, on like at Carrie, in Vegas? Is there betting on college games? Yeah, we absolutely can bet on college <laughs> games. So can we just do our own family bets? Let's just do our own family. Yeah, we need to find somebody <laughs> from the first team we're playing against to bet against because they don't know who we are yet. All right, so that's a strategy. That's game planning right there. That's that's retirement planning. Honey. There you go. There you. All right, so so game plan for life. Let's. Thank you, thank you. So. I, I said to them, look, that what you're learning to do here is really critical for your own sense of growing as a woman, as a student. What's your game plan? What's your strategy? What are you good at? What are you not so good at? What's the situation you're facing? What's the goal look like? So vision, strategy, plan, action, right? And then um, and then in terms of the uh, reality of our life of faith, same thing, daughter of God. You have your vision. Now, what's your path? What are the gifts God's given you? What are the blockages that are in the way? How do you remove the blockages? How do you enhance and act, uh, activate the gifts? Okay, I think great. we need to take some of these and put them into a alma mater type song. Nice. Does, does Chesterton have any... Carrie, that's a great strategy. Do they have any song? What's your game plan? Like, okay. do they all gather at the end of the game and arm in arm sing? I mean, the Oaks, they sing the doxology. Hey, we can make it up next week. I'll we give have it our to Jackie. bonding session. She's a good musician. Yeah, that would be awesome. Okay, so the next is H. H is the hard easy, right? So, um, and I leveraged uh, Annalise's familiarity with it. I said, Annalise, you have two choices, the hard easy or... The easy hard. So if you've listened to this program, you know what that is. It's the difficult good, right? It's if you want to really grow, you have two choices. Uh, I mean, you only have one choice. That's do what's difficult now, do the hard thing now, and it gets easier. Or just choose to do what's easy right now, and life's going to get harder. And so I say that for the basketball players, because in the basketball players, I say, I want to make the practice harder than the game. Because if it's harder for you to get through a practice than it is, and then when you're on the court in the game, you're going to say, this is easy compared to how hard the practice is, how hard the competition is. But then they're not going to want to come to practice. Have you thought <laughs> of that? 
Yeah, but I, I'm raising up these compelling visions, so they, they're, they're willing to <laughs> they engage in They will want to be at practice. Well, this is the funny thing. Did these ladies sign up for this? It seems so odd to hear you say ladies when Annalise is 14. I know. I, I have to, I Young have to women, consciously say that ladies. I can't call them girls because there are seniors on the team that are 18 years old. You can't call right? them girls, but they are girls. Young women. Young women. Ladies. It ladies. just sounds... I don't know. Okay, so the... Um, and so then the... Uh, so the idea is, uh, be willing to do what's hard now. And and then in, in the life of faith, that's about virtue, right? Virtue is not, virtue is easy, but it starts off as not a habit. You start off with a vice, you've got to break it. So it's hard to do what's virtuous. Okay. But eventually you get there. I love so, it. Well, we've gotten to another break, honey. Hey, welcome back to the program. It is great to be with you. So Carrie, we are walking our way through the night. No. Through the Nights, K-N-I-G-H-T-S. And we're exploring the way in which these principles that can be applied to coaching a basketball team and helping someone improve as a basketball player actually also leads to flourishing at the human level, as a woman in this instance, and as a daughter of God. So, Carrie, we are at the letter T, right? K, know thyself, and now is the time. I, improve every day. G, game plan. H, the hard easy. What do you think T is? Take turns. Take turns or team first. Team first. Team first. And you think about that and you say team first. It, it actually has a very uh, a clear connection to our life of faith. But team first, when it comes to basketball, it's one of those like truisms, right? That's very often said. But in the way that this, this particular team is going to play, the, these players are going to play, it really is going to be a team-first approach to winning because we're going to play what's called a zone defense, and that, that's a defense that only works when you have uh, five players playing as one and they're able to move together and then et cetera. So that's with regards to um, uh, just playing on a team. But then you can bring that into um, – your your life think of a lot of these women are going to most likely be married and, and have children and there they can learn the important part of uh the, the importance of well what, what's your part what what's your role and not everyone has the same part to play and so a husband and a wife a mother and a father and then helping the kids be um fruitful as members of a family it, it's very much connected to the idea of like the idea of a team I think you have other insights into that word. Like, why did you, of all the things you could have chosen for T, team first. Yeah, I actually had another one, which was trust the process. Oh, okay. And that was the idea that this process of improvement is being willing to do what's difficult and all that sort of stuff. But the the S letter, um, which you'll hear about brief in, in a moment, is one that I felt like maybe was more important. Um, ultimately... The scriptural and biblical Catholic meaning of team first is the reality of the body of Christ, that we're members of one another, and we have different, we're different members, so we have different parts, and um, what is going to make one person shine is not going to be what leads to the other person to shine. And so I've been, just in the short moments that I've had to teach them about this, I've talked about the fact that you have different roles and different parts. 
And don't focus on the part that's not yours or think that that's the better part. So and oh, then, that makes that really fits in with team first. So we're not there to elevate ourselves, but we're there for each other. It's actually seek the good of others before yourself. Yeah, thank you. That's right. Yeah, you're putting your gifts at the service of the team. You're going to do what's best to help the team achieve its goal. And ultimately, it's the Trinity, three persons and one God. Go team. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they were thinking. Not that the Trinity's a team. Okay, so uh, K-N-I-G-H-T-S. What do you think? S. S. That's a hard one to guess. It's strive for the heights. Strive for the heights, which is verso l'alto. Verso l'alto. Strive for the heights. To the heights. And that's what? Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati. And his motto about get in the outdoors, go on a great adventure. And that great adventure is going to be a bit arduous. But when you reach the top, when you reach the peak, when you reach the heights, you're going to experience the glory that is part of being at the heights. And just the idea of striving for excellence, that it's easy to just plan a team and enjoy it and, and you know settle for a mediocre season or a mediocre play. But to have that intensity of we want to be the best that we're capable of being. That's right. It's a different, that if a coach can set that tone and set that, expectation it really can um at the end of the season you can look back and say wow we really came a long ways yeah and and one of the uh i i listen to a lot of like inspirational texts and like coaching texts and and excellence types of resources and one of the ideas in there is who are you competing against oh yeah who? i like that who yourself. are you competing You're, yourself well obviously it's hard you, you to got there quickly <laughs> Well, I think you, you, most people would have said, well, you're competing against your opponent. And no, you, why did you so quickly go to you competing against yourself? Because uh, I'm just a great athlete and I know what it means to, <laughs> joking. Um, because you're always going to have someone better than you and someone worse than you. And so the real competition or the real is, is you can always um, go against yourself and get to the next level. To push yourself. It's just hard to push yourself. You need other people to support you to work out with or to do an, a, an event with that can push you and encourage you. Yeah. I, I pulled aside the, the two players on the team who had never played basketball before. And I said to them, the two of you are going to outperform every other player when it comes to the percentage of improvement you have in your game. And I'm like, what? I said, yes, you will improve more as players this season than anybody else on this court. I didn't say you'll be better than they are, but I said, beginning where you're at, you're going to get so much better. And so what's the idea? Is You're not competing in a comparative way against these other players who have more skill or experience, etc. No, you're competing against where you are today and if you put into practice these other things, these know yourself, etc., guess what? You're going to be better tomorrow. And so you're competing against yourself. But who are you competing with? You're competing with your teammates against this, these other teams. Sure. And so this, this idea of 
competition can be um, it can be developed in a way that's healthy, in a way that's wholesome. So I, I had to kind of step back a bit and, and smile at myself, like not take myself <laughs> too seriously in, in, in the following way, that at least a couple of these young ladies, when they thought about, oh, basketball season's coming up. I kind of like basketball. I'll sign up for the basketball team. Oh, my friend's playing basketball. That's exciting. I'll play basketball. And all of a sudden, they show up at the first meeting, and here I am at a whiteboard saying, know yourself, O daughter of God. Now is the time. Focus on the present moment. Improve every day. There's going to be a game plan that we're going to do, and it'll involve the hard, easy, and we're going to go a team-first approach here to strive for the heights. See, and- I already can see a little, like, song or chant. <laughs> Include all those with a few. I think you know, say beats. a book, dear. I should write my book. Oh, that too. Okay, we could do the book, the song. We could take it on the show, on the road, the show nice. on the road. Okay, nice. Well, and at the end of the day, I'm thinking about. I am thinking about the future. I'm not just thinking about the present. I'm thinking about these ladies twenty years from now, or like me, it's been forty years since I played high school basketball. But I still have all these memories Mm -hmm. from being on the court in those practices and in those games. And I'm thinking, as a coach, I have a privileged access to these young ladies' lives to be able to help create some memories for them that they will take with them, literally, into the rest of their lives. Some meaningful moments. Meaningful minutes. Meaningful minutes, so dear. Right, you, just, right. you just gave away one of my secrets. <laughs> now they don't have to buy the book anymore. Uh, did you enjoy listening to the different uh, best coaches, best practices as you prepared for this? I, yes. I, 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 I want to be a student and absorb stuff. And so I, I've listened to several podcasts, a lot of videos, a lot of like, motivational talks by basketball players. What do you think was the most um, surprising thing? One of the most surprising things you learned? I, I would say the importance of mindset as making the difference. And mindset involves, let's call it, um, the many facets of what I just shared. Okay. Right? Because if you think of... The, the way that I just shared what I did, know yourself, now is the time, um, et cetera, uh, the hard easy, right? Um, strive for the heights. Those things are mindset things. Yes. And like so- team first is a philosophy and game plan is um, like a strategy. But the idea of those other things, it's mindset. And there was a book called Chasing Excellence. It was about this trainer of these CrossFit champions. And he was saying the difference between these great, greatest of the great athletes and all the other greatest of the great athletes, the big differentiator was mindset. And he went on in that book to map out various facets of, of the mindset. I found that really impactful. Yeah. yeah. Well, Carrie, thanks for walking with me through the sure. program today. Hey, God bless you all. Join me on Monday with Father Nagel and Father Lewis for more Sound Insight.